the first point is because God himself works in us. You have to underline this. But because God himself works in us, um, in verse 13, God who works in you, that's what God does. If God is the one who works in us, do you think that you'll be successful? Of course you'll be successful. Or is it hopefully successful, or is it more or less it's going to be successful? Of course it's going to be successful, for sure. So that's why people who believe in Jesus, those who have been saved, I believe that their life in this world will be successful. Amen? Because God himself works in us, in the life of the believers, not in other people's lives, not your um, spiritual leaders or whatever, but God himself who works in us. So that's why those who believe in Jesus they have invited Jesus to come into their hearts, into their life. They said, God, you're the one uh, that is my one and only Savior. So when we call um, God to be our Savior, He is in our life. He is present in our life. And He doesn't just, you know, hang around and do nothing, but He works whatever it is that He needs to do in our lives. So that's why the love of the believers will definitely be successful. Not only hopefully or more or less be successful, but it's definitely going to be successful, right? Because they do it not only with their own strength. There's not even one person who can change another person. And there's no other person who can change themselves. Maybe they can become better from the past where they used to be a liar. Now they can be very truthful. And then in the past, they might be um, too lazy, they become um, diligent, and then they become better. But our own strength will not, not, will not be enough to make us um, conformance to the image of Jesus. We can be a good person after we receive Jesus. So don't think that you can do good things before you receive Jesus. But when uh, after we receive Jesus, then we, we can then do good things. But to be, um, to have the character of Jesus, we won't be able to do it ourselves. Our own strength will not be enough for, to make us to be like Jesus. Our diligence wouldn't be enough to make us be like Jesus. Our willingness, our determination, and our willpower, our strength, our Everything will not be enough for, for us to become like Jesus. How much is your willpower? You tend to be too tired sometimes, right? Um, and our strength also will not be enough to make us like Jesus Christ, apart from allowing God to work in us. He who enables us to become successful, that's how we can become like Jesus. We can't change ourselves. Even though people might want to be good, but sometimes humans want to be good, but sometimes other people are looking at us um, differently.
something bad. People try to do good things, but as a matter of fact, they're not good things, but bad things. Let's take a look at Romans chapter 7, verse 18 to 19. It says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. So in here, there is nothing good to us. Our flesh will not make us good because to will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, but I practice. So this is human, which is normal. So don't be surprised if a lot of people just promise you things. They only promises things to you. Sometimes you might be so annoyed with these sort of people, right? They just promise a lot of things, but nothing. So they just promise to be diligent and neat, but it's only a promise. Tell your neighbors, it's only a promise. <laughs> you probably say, oh, honey, don't worry, I think I'll be working. No effort to find a job right now. It makes us so annoyed when other people just promise to us but do nothing, right? So sometimes we want to do good, but those bad things are actually the ones that we do. Paul once said, you just want to be diligent, but you become even more lazy. A lot of people might say, uh, when we want to do something, we have to have a try. Uh, um, we always have, you know, tricks and sometimes, you know, if we want to clean the house, but then we just are being attached to the current drama, so they don't end up like cleaning the house or something. So a lot of people actually do that, right? So they wanted to do something, but there was always temptations, other temptations that um, hinder them from doing the the things that they're supposed to do. So there's nothing that's good, even though they want to do good. Because what people tend to do are following their flesh. Sometimes if they wanted to get out of kill to go to church, because it's so cold, uh, it's all right, I can go to church next week, it's still there. There's always something that hinders us from doing the things that we want to do. So there's always something. We want to stop from playing games, but then we get even more addicted. They want to think positively, but then they ended up being quite negative. Have we done that before? Have we encountered that before? So the things that we actually want to do um, tend to become more negative. There's one day, there's a lady who is waiting to board at the airport, and then she went to buy a piece of cake, and he was reading, uh, she was reading the book, and then enjoying the cake. 
and she was eating it. And then she just realized next to her there's a man. There's a man. Every time she took one one piece of cake, this guy also took uh, you know, a piece of cake as well from her back. And then she thought, oh, this guy probably you know has mistakenly taken the cake. And and then she thought, oh, she'll try it again. So she did it again. She ate one piece, and then he took another piece. And then Indonesian people tend to be quite, you know, shy, right? And then Westerners will say, hey, this is mine. But Indonesians thought, ah, oh, no, never mind. It's just cake, right? But then the annoying thing is that when when there's only one piece left, she's waiting for it. Let me wait for it. See, to see whether he's going to take it or not. And it, the thing that annoys her the most, the guy actually took the piece of the last piece of cake and then broke into two pieces and then gave her the half piece. And then she was so annoyed and she grabbed the the, the cake and then she stood up and moved. And then at that time she was actually supposed to board. And then she quickly went and you know grabbed all her things and everything and, and was so annoyed and. This guy was just laughing and smiling and whatnot, looking at her. And then she thought, oh, this guy doesn't have manners. He already took a lot of my cakes, blah, blah, blah. She, she was just so angry. And then she sat down, and she, she bored, and she flew. And then as, as she, you know, as she was waiting around and reading her books and whatnot, she grabbed her, um, she grabbed her, um, her book and everything, and she saw her inside her bag. The cake that she uh, she bought was in, actually inside her bag. So the thing the thing is, she was eating um, that guy's um, bag of cakes instead of eating hers. So sometimes we get them thinking that we're always right. We tend to think that we're um, whatever we do is right, whether it be right or wrong. She still think that it's yeah, it's right. She was still annoyed and angry and everything. We tend to do that sort of thing. We keep on thinking that others are doing the wrong things, but we're the ones that is um, in wrong. So every time, because uh, she didn't know, she thought it was her uh, cake bag, she thought that, oh, this guy doesn't have manners and whatnot, but her actual cake bag is in, is in her bag, her own bag. So she was eating other people's food pretty much. So how many of us have encountered that before in the past? Who has, who has always been so angry over knowing um, they're right or wrong? All they want to do is just think, as long as they're right, they always feel that they're always right. tend to do this sort of thing without us realizing. We always do this sort of thing. We want to be positive, but we tend to actually do the negative things. We feel that we're doing the right thing, but we're actually doing the wrong things. That's what human tends to do. That's why Paul said we have uh, the weakness, but it's not actually a good thing that we do. Sometimes, however good our deeds are, but it's always not good enough for others. Isn't it right? Who has experienced that before? Every time we 
is working in you and giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. This is God. He is the one, if He is the one who works in us to do what pleases Him, I believe that we'll be successful because God never fails. God always successful. Whatever we do will be successful. Sometimes when we're looking at the work of the Holy Spirit, we tend to think, ah, this must be something that is spectacular. It is something that is spectacular, that is quite demonstrative and quite amazing, we're full of um, miracles and whatnot. That is so touching, that makes us, you know, crying or in tears and whatnot. And sometimes that's what we think. The concept of Christians looking at the work of the Holy Spirit tend to be that way. Something that is extravagant, really. But, as a matter of fact, the Bible doesn't say it that way. The Holy Spirit tends to work quietly, smoothly, with things that we've, we wouldn't have never thought of before. We wouldn't have thought about it, and we wouldn't probably be hopeful for it. Sometimes we might not know about it. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes in intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. If you're looking at it in this passage, we sometimes we don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. with the grounds which cannot be expressed. See, sometimes the Holy Spirit works in silence. We wouldn't be able to see it because it's behind the scene, really. And sometimes we don't say our gratitude to Him, but He would have done it. Sometimes when we're successful, we tend to be proud. We forget that those things happen because of the help of the Holy Spirit. Humans tend to be proud more than being humble. When we are successful, we tend to just be proud of ourselves, boast about ourselves, and forget about the fact that we are successful because of the help of the Holy Spirit. If you are able to work, you can buy a house, you can um, buy a car and whatnot. It's because of the Holy Spirit, because God helps you to be wise. He is helping you to give you the strength so then you're able to uh, to work. You'll be able to receive uh, a job or stay in your job if the others have been made redundant. You know, sometimes when we're successful, you have to remember that you shouldn't be proud of yourself. We have to make proud as our enemy because we're actually fragile. We're too fragile. Our mind, if we, if it's been um, flicked once, we might forget a lot of things. That's why don't boast about yourself being successful. The Holy Spirit tends to work in silent manners, full of love and at the right time. 
when we're helpless, God enables us. When we feel like we can't do anything, God enables us to be refreshed. Have you ever been in a situation where you really can't do anything? If you're drinking Coke, like, you know, just like you're drinking water, if you're eating fried chicken, it's just like eating gum, right? When, when you're facing this sort of situation, right, and, and all those pressures in, in our lives, sometimes we might not be able to feel anything, but at that point in time, that's when the Holy Spirit works in us. He'll give us flavor in our lives. He'll refresh our um, strength and desires, and He'll strengthen us when we're weak. He opened up the way when we look, um, when we're staring at closed doors. And when we're pretty much helpless and we didn't have any hope anymore, the closest people to us still to don't understand of what we desire. He is the one who gives us the hope. So sometimes it might not be that spectacular, it's not extravagant or anything. It might not be demonstrative, but he works in a silent way. But it's very powerful. Sometimes you even be amazed and amused how it is that happen. A lot of the people in the world might think, how does that work? How can the Christians achieve this and that? The worldly people might have divorced, but the Christians can still help strong. Sometimes we don't know where that power comes from. Sometimes ourselves cannot understand and doesn't believe in our own strength, but the Holy Spirit gives us the strength. The Holy Spirit opens up the way. The Holy Spirit enables us. It's amazing. Brothers and sisters in Christ, even though in such difficult um, circumstances, He continues to work in us. So today, what sort of difficulties do you face in your life? What sort of difficulties that pressured you, that stressed you out, that weakens you, that, you know, gives you the trouble? But remember that the Holy Spirit is working in us. Tell your neighbors that, hey, the Holy Spirit is working in you. The Holy Spirit is working in you. Don't ever have any helplessness. Because the Holy Spirit is working in us and He'll help us and He'll enable us to have a successful life, to overcome all your difficulties and overcome all the problems in your life and enables you to stand out like a conqueror. Tell yourself that there's not even one problem in this world that can um, defeat us. Because the Holy Spirit is working in us. Amen? Say that to yourself. There is not, um, there is no word of giving up with the Christians. You, we never say, oh God, I give up. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is working in us. 
in us. Amen? That's why Jesus' character is pretty much shaped in our life, not because we're imitating Jesus. There was one day, uh, one of the pastors was teaching the congregation that we have to imitate Jesus. And then after that, um, I was still young, and I was still a brat, really. And then after the service, I went up to him and asked him, you said about us imitating Jesus? And he goes, yeah, of course. And I said, what are we supposed to imitate? And he couldn't answer. He goes, uh, yeah, just imitate anything. And I said, no, it's not possible. If we have to be slapped by our face, um, you know, if we got slapped, we'll be annoyed, even though Jesus will be patient enough. And Jesus said, oh, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. I said, it's, it's hard, you know, to, to imitate Jesus. It's difficult. His love becomes an example to us. Yes, it's okay, but we cannot imitate Jesus. What am I? What are we supposed to imitate? Are we supposed to imitate his patience? How far do we have to imitate the, um, the patience? How much, uh, how much of sacrifice that we have to imitate from him? Characters of Jesus is not built because of imitation. It's not just like copy-pasting. We cannot copy-paste Jesus' life, right? Because we're not Jesus. Our character uh, of being like Jesus is not built because of an imitation, but it is created because of inhibitation. It's not because we're imitating them, but, but because He is living in us. That's how we can become like Jesus. He who enables us, we won't be able to imitate Jesus at all, unless he lives in us, so then we are able to live just like Jesus. Do you get it? So the people, uh, Jesus who lives in us, actually inhabited in us. You know habitat, right? Habitat is a place where you live in, in, a, in an area, if you think about it, fish, they've got their own habitats. Both they've got their own habitat. So it is an inhabitation in us. So that's why we can be like Jesus Christ. Not because of an imitation, not because we are imitating Jesus. That's why the love of Christians, you can see that a lot of Christians, they cannot live like Jesus because they cannot imitate Jesus. They can say they are, that they are Christians, but they actually doesn't have Jesus in them. But the difference is that when Christians, when they have Jesus, it differentiates them from others. That is what's going to transform our lives. Not that you know, not that we're going to get transformed in our physical ways, but it is our spiritual character that will be transformed. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, 
Therefore, my beloved, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasures. And that's what God does. He is working in us, not because we are imitating him, not because of that, but because he inhabits in us. Our life What it means is that Jesus actually inhabited in us. He actually dwells in us. He dwells in us. So that's why you're able to change. You probably thought, oh, I'm not original anymore. I'm not like this in the past. I'm so glad every time I meet people with my time like I always feel like um, I can testify last Thursday I met with a few um, people and like you know during um, Mandarin picking when I started to introduce myself and they started to ask about my past and when I started to share about my past and then they were so shocked and they go oh wow how did you transform yourself to being um, uh, a pastor from a professional. And it was my opportunity to share. We won't be able to tr be transformed unless Jesus lives in us, unless he's dwelling in us. You will never be transformed. That's why don't just admit yourself as being Christians, but you have to to reach the fact that you have Jesus in you. You have to be born again where you invite Jesus to be in you and to be your one and only Savior. If the devil can come into other people's life and body, how can Jesus come into our life? Of course it is possible. That's why the people who live uh, and be born again and believe in Jesus personally, Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes in us, into us. And if the devil comes in that person, we can see, right? You can tell if someone is pretty much possessed by the devil, right? You can tell. They, they, they can just like, you know, start a laughing. You know, when they're being quiet or whatnot, and they can walk like crazy or doing crazy things pretty much. Right? So, how can we tell that Christians are living with Jesus? Of course, you can tell. The wealthy people can see the fact that, oh wow, in the past they used to be like this, and now they have changed and whatnot. Or in the past he used to be so evil and everything, but now he is so nice and kind. He used to be so tattered, and then uh, now they become such a nice. And obviously, it is shown, and we can't be seen if we have Jesus in us. Have you ever seen other Christians when you're so close to them and you can feel the peacefulness? Of course, you can. 
and then there are some times when you see other Christians, when you go close to them and you feel stressed and you just want to move away from them and whatnot. Have you ever felt that way? Of course you have, right? You actually met Christians, but one person makes you feel the peacefulness, but another person can make you feel so stressed out. So you can feel the difference. When you meet this person, you have to move away as far away as possible. And you don't need to say hello or not, but you can meet another Christian where you can feel the peacefulness um, as soon as you met them. Uh, and if, especially when you're feeling down or not, you'll go and look for that person, right? Because every time you speak to them, that sad um, or heavy heart um, can become cheerful and whatnot. So likewise, the presence of the devil and the Holy Spirit can be differentiated. Now the question is, if God is working in us, what's our role? So if the Holy Spirit is working in us, then we as Christians, or as the believers who have been saved, then what's our role? Are we supposed to be a passive person? And just wait out, and every day you can say, God, this is me, work in us according to your will. And then you just do nothing. <laughs> is it going to be like that? Of course not. God is not teaching us to be passive. God is teaching us so that when the Holy Spirit works in us, we also have, we also have our will. What is our will? So if the first point was, how do we become like Jesus, the first point was the fact that God works in us, and the second point is that we, our role is to um, to decide our choice and beliefs. When the Holy Spirit works in us, He always gives us the options. And this is an important point. Every time you wake up in the morning, you are always being given options. Are you going to look for your mobile phone first or your Bible? Which one are you going to look for? As soon as you open your eyes, what do you look for? Your phone or your Bible? That's the option. Right? Do you look for your Bible first or do you to look for God or do you look for your mobile phone first? Or if the Bible if the Bible is in your mobile phone, then it's okay. But you wouldn't be clicking the BBM first, but the Bible. So we as Christians, we have been given the options. We're always given options, and so when you wake up in the morning, who are you going to look for first? God or your friend? Do you want to love God first or to love yourself first? Are you going to do things according to God's will or your own will? And those are the options. The Holy Spirit never forced us to do anything. If you want to touch your mobile phones and all of a sudden your mobile phones flies away or whatnot, it's not going to happen. It's not going to fly away or anything. So God never do those sort of things. If you choose to pick up your mobile phone, it's okay. 
It's not like your mobile phone is going to fly away and, you know, and every, every time you try to reach it, it just moves away from you. So if that happens, you might think, oh, this is good. I'm not allowed to touch the mobile phone or anything. No, no, no. God doesn't care about that. You, you can check your paper. I mean, you can check your SMSs and whatnot. You can update your Facebook and whatnot. It's okay. Sometimes, you know, I'm so annoyed. Like in the morning, my background messenger keeps on beeping. When I sleep, I can hear the, you know, the beepings, and I, I get woken up. And I thought, oh, something is, you know, something is um, important, but it's only an update or whatnot. I am busy. <laughs> Not available and whatnot. And sometimes they say, oh, it's so cute. Like first thing in the morning when you wake up, you can get woken up by those beepings. So what is that you, that you want to do when you wake up in the morning? What do you look, who do you look for and what are you going to do and whatnot? Are you going to brush your teeth to um, glorify God? It's, it's your own choice. So you make the decision. God doesn't force us to make a decision. He always gives us a choice. Uh, the choices, the options. If you want to go to church or if you want to do something else, those are the options. You can listen to the Word of God well, or you can think about Flemington or whatnot. It's an option. If you want to concentrate to God, or you want to concentrate with others, it's your own choice. So if you want to do the, the Word, um, if you want to do things as per God's words, then it's our own decisions. We, God never forced us, but if we want to Please, God, if you want to be like Jesus and according to his will, according to his word, then bit by bit, our characters will be transformed to be like Jesus. It's not going to you know, be transformed um, instantly, but there is a step-by-step um, routine. And you won't even realize that because when you obey him, when you started to get angry and you said no, because I'm God's children, God has forgiven me, so I forgive others. So your character, without you realizing it, your character be transformed. And even though you're facing such difficult um, circumstances, and you probably thought, oh, how can I face this sort of person? You know, in the past, I would have hit him straight away. But how can I be so patient now, and being, you know, even though I'm being tortured and whatnot, I can still be smiling and laughing and I can always say God bless you and I forgive you. How does that work? You know, you don't even believe yourself because you're doing it because your character has been transformed bit by bit just like Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit works in silence. Because every decision that we make in our lives according to God's word your life will be transformed bit by bit. And gradually. So when some, when you're being offered a job on Sundays, you can say, oh, no, I have to work. Um, I have to go to church on Sunday, so I cannot work. So why is that? Because you have been transformed by God and the Holy Spirit bit by bit. You know, they're, they're asking you to work because of the double pay on Sundays and whatnot, but you, can, you can't um, refuse it. 
right? Because of the decisions that you make. Because there's a change in character in your life. Amen? You don't realize that the fact that the Holy Spirit works slowly but surely. It may seem so slow, but it's never late. It's always right at the right time. I tell you that physical success is not always being followed by successful spiritually. You can be rich, but if you're um, spiritually rich, then your physical success will follow you. Who believes in that? So physical successfulness doesn't guarantee a successfulness in spiritual, but if you have spiritual success, then you will always have uh, um, physical successfulness. I believe that those people who have the character like Jesus, their life will be successful. I'm not saying that all of a sudden you become like a millionaire or whatever, but I believe that your life will never be short. You will always receive more than enough for your life. You'll never be in need. You, you won't be broke and whatnot. It's not just average life, but it will be abundance life. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, The devil comes to steal and to destroy, but Jesus comes to, to bring life that is um, abundance. The love of the people who have the character like Jesus will be successful and they'll be in abundance. Why? Because you have always been blessed so you can bless a lot more to others. You'll never be in need. That's why today let us all make a decision in our life. When I received Jesus in 1977, on 20th of July, 1977, I received Jesus personally on that day. And at that moment, I was, I only have another four days left um, to study because she can, I, I, I can only study until the 30th of July, 1977, because my parents cannot pay for my study at all. And then she can only pay for the first six months worth of uni. That's the, pretty much the remaining amount that my parents have. So on the 31st of July, that was the last day for my study. And when I received Jesus after I came back from um, a camp, I went home by bus. I remembered, ah, oh, today is my last day for me to study. After this, tomorrow morning, um, I have the status of not being a student, but a dropout student, because I can't study anymore, because I haven't registered to the, for the next subject, the next semester, because if you don't register, then you're pretty much dropped out. You can't go to the next semester. But on the 1st of August, the Holy Spirit helped me and taught me inside and the Holy Spirit told me to quickly go to the campus, to uni. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm ashamed because I don't want to see my name being there as being a student in semester two. I'm embarrassed. And then the Holy Spirit goes, no, no, you have to go to uni. 
and from the morning until at night, the Holy Spirit continued to speak to me and say, no, 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 you have to go. Even though I said no, the Holy Spirit continued to say, just go. Until 9 o'clock, I couldn't hold it any longer. So I went to uni by foot, like on foot. And I went there because they, they showed all the names of the dropout students. And I thought my name is going to be in one of that list. My student number was 277106. And I thought, hang on a second. The name of the dropout students, I listed below. And when I looked at my student ID, my name is not there. My number is not there. And I thought, oh, it can't be right. It can't be right. My name wasn't there. As, like within that dropout list. And I continued to search for it. It's not there. And then when I was about to go home, I, my eyes were drawn to one of the little notes, piece of note. It was just like a paper that's been ripped or something like that. It's not a, you know, it's not a proper um, paper kind of thing, piece of paper. It was just like a, a paper that's been torn into small pieces. And it was said that these are the students that have been given full scholarship for the whole semester. And I look at the names in one, two, three, four, five, six, and then my name was on the sixth list. And I say, oh, it's impossible. Because I know the rule of the uni, because those people who have been given scholarship, um, they can only be given the scholarship after they reach the second year. Only if they have good grades. But my name was on the sixth row of that list. And I continued to read my number, 277106. My name, my full name was there. And I thought, wow, my heart was beating so fast. And I couldn't believe it. And I continued to, like, you know, uh, like, refresh and wipe my eyes and whatnot so many times. And it's still there. And then my name was pretty much written with, like, you know, by hand. And it has been, like, you know, signed and whatnot, but there is no name to it. If you are me, obviously you're going to be, like, you know, um, probably, like, you don't understand or you won't believe the fact that you are given that scholarship, right? In Indonesian, the Indonesian, they tend to just, like, you know, change the names and whatnot with their own hands, handwritten changes, right? And at that time, I just couldn't believe it. So then, following morning, I came back to uni to go to the admin section, and I asked them. I remember the, the guy was named Mr. Lemon, and I said, how come I am not dropped out? And the guy asked, oh, did you, didn't you register? And, uh, and I said, no, I didn't. But then I can see that my name is in the scholarship list. And then he couldn't believe it. And then I told him to follow me to have a look at it. Oh, yeah, my name is there. It was a handwritten thing, but whose signature is that? And he goes, I don't know. I don't even know whose signature that was. And I said, I don't know either. And then he went into the, um, he went to, into his own office and he um, he called up all the directors of academic and whatnot. They called the directors. And none of them knew about that announcement. It's amazing, isn't it? And then he goes, oh, don't worry. Well, your name is Neil. Of course you continue to study. And I said, who you know, made this decision? And he goes, oh, who cares? Your name is already in there, so continue your study. So, yeah. See, I, I was able to 
continue my study based on that little piece of paper. And we, and we still don't know who wrote that name. Every, every morning I go to union with my heart beating so fast because I didn't really want to, you know, to see that as a mistake. But continue for the next semester and the following semester, that little piece of paper also um, show up every single semester following that semester. Every semester I, I receive the full scholarship until I become an engineer. Amazing, isn't it? Yes. I believe that when, if we have been inhabited by the Holy Spirit, your life will be full of miracles. God will not be present in your life without doing miracles in your life. Wherever he is, miracles will his miracles will be there. So when Jesus is in your life, the miracles of Jesus will occur in your life. So if Christians do not experience um experience miracles, it will be you know, unusual. But I believe from the little uh, miracles, it will happen in your life because God is the God that is full of miracles. He will do great things in your life. There's not even little things that God does. Everything that God um, do for us will be great things. That's why if you believe in Jesus, if you receive Jesus into your life, you surrender yourself and open up your heart so then the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, your life will be successful. You will receive that spiritual successfulness in your life and followed by the physical successfulness. So you live with Jesus, not to imitate him, but for Jesus to work in us. So don't be surprised if bit by bit our lives and our characters will be transformed like Jesus. Amen? Our character is has been shaped just like Jesus through throughout the lessons that God has taught us. When we're weak, um, God is teaching us to be strong. When we're ill, God is teaching us to believe. Sometimes our faith might be shaken up. So the role that we have is not only to choose to make a decision, not just to make uh, you know a decision, but to also believe that um, that we have our the right options and the right decisions. Sometimes in our life it's not a smooth sailing one. We always have an ups and downs in our lives. Not back to front. But every time we make a decision and make a belief that whatever we do will never shake us. It will never move us. Sometimes Christians ask me, oh, I thought God is listening to my answer, but I, I mean my prayers, but I haven't been answered. I have wor I have prayed for him for nine years, but I still haven't heard the answer yet. See, we have to believe that whatever we chose is never wrong. We have to believe that whatever we believe and we make a decision of, God is supporting us and God is working in us and we believe that there is the right time for us to um, to solve everything 
God will do great things in us. And that believing part is our role. God will do great things in our lives, but if we don't believe in that, then it will never happen. Because a lot of Christians can never experience miracles because they don't, they don't believe in miracles. They don't believe the fact that God is helping us. They don't believe the fact that God is working in us. Because that belief is not there. That's why God says, let it happen according to your faith, to your belief. That's why if you want to be like Jesus, make your decisions and receive Jesus into your life as your one and only Savior. A lot of people don't want to make decisions because they don't want to be responsible. They prefer to be, um, to be in whatever situation without any commitments. They never experience the life with Jesus. Wait until they make a decision, and they will live like Jesus, the life that is amazing and full of miracles and full of blessings. And when they make the, that decision, they will learn to focus to to God, focus to God who has saved us, not only because of our goodness. When we believe that decisions that we make, um, God will confirm that. God will make us to continue to remind ourselves of whatever decisions that we do. And God will help us to practice our faith so that our faith can become strong. So it doesn't work within the night. Do according to His will and believe that the Holy Spirit will never bring us down. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. That's why I don't ever hesitate to ask anything that God can do for us. Amen? If you're, if you're ill, ask for healing. If you need more money, just ask for blessings. If you're weak, ask for that strength from God. Because He lives in us. When you, If you need a job, just ask for the job. If you need a TR residency visa, then ask for it and believe that the Holy Spirit is working in us and He never fails. Lastly, He said that God works in us both to will and whatever we do to His good pleasure so then we don't have any blemish. Philippians chapter 2 says, according to the lights in the world, you will shine. It's quite interesting when I read this passage, how can we shine as lights in the world? How can the word of God say that we will shine as lights in the world? Have a look at it. It's Philippians chapter 2 verse 15. We will shine colorfully, and it will always occur at night. We will shine at night, even though we are small. We will shine among them. See, it's among the, pe the people in the world, so then you, 
So then you don't become any, so then you can become blameless and harmless. Among those who are crooked, he wants you to shine, to show that path, straight path. Among this darkness in the world, even if you're just one little star, then you will, you will still be able to shine and to light the people in the world. See, before whoever invented the compass, you look, look, uh, you look at the stars to tell the directions, right? Because why? Because the stars can guide us and to give us directions. That's why they shine from the stars, can give us the directions. Even though you might not shine, you might not shine like a, uh, a sun, but we can always be used to give directions to the people around, around you. And then you can just say, I don't be helpless. There is God who can help you. But don't be afraid because there is always a way out. There is always that hopefulness that you can share around, um, share to the people around you. You can shine. Even though your light is small, but you still continue to shine. Among those darkness, you are always shining. That's why make a decision. Make that decision so invite Jesus to come into your heart. So then he is able to work in your life according to his power. Our role is to make a decision and to believe. So don't make the wrong decision. Just believe in it. Make the right decisions and believe. So then you won't be shaken. And you can see that your life will shine. Your life will be come blessings for among those darkness around you. Amen. Let us.